Hey, Brandon, pour me another one. <sighs> you back in business, man. Yeah. Are you going to start watching the WNBA? Ah. Put you on the spot as soon as the Yeah, yeah, I wasn't even ready for that. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to say yes or no. I won't say yes. Oh, okay. Leave the fifth. Yeah, I mean, so. <laughs> <laughs> I give it a chance, man. I'll, I'll give it a chance. Why not? I just, well, is it during the NBA season? Not really. They kind of overlap a little bit towards the end. I was going to use that as an excuse. Um, I mean, I, I don't know for sure. But what I will say is I, I made a, a, a decision. I made a conscious decision to watch the WNBA this season, and it has actually been a very good decision that I've made. Okay. I don't regret it at all. I, I look through the teams. I pick one I like. Okay. I went Wait, with the Las Vegas Aces. You got a jersey? Not yet, but I would get a jersey. Las Vegas Aces jersey. No, I would definitely get a Liz Cambage jersey. Okay. You about to go to Vegas and, and watch them? I watch would them. go to Vegas and watch. Actually, I would not get a, I mean, Liz Cambage is cool, but my favorite player on the team is actually Asia Wilson, the MVP. Wow, you know. You She's know. a beast. She's a beast. Okay. Yeah. Um, you going, do you go to, what's, the, what's, what's DC's WNBA team? The Mystics, right? Mystics. I've never been to a Mystics, but they were just champs, right? A that. couple years ago, yeah. right? yeah. You ain't know that, man. I knew that. <laughs> the, same, the same year the, the Nats won. Yeah, the, so basically every every DC team won except, except for the, the Wizards. Wizards which yeah, I remember that. Yeah, but the Wizards, they didn't have a bad season that season. No. They just, they they just, just weren't they about just to win. They weren't about to win. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Um, I mean, so what do, you, what do you like about the WNBA so much? Like, why is that? Something that you I just, I just well, if I think if you're a true basketball fan, then then you should be able to watch pretty much any level of basketball and, and be able to enjoy it. Okay. Um, and I just I want to watch more women do things. You know what I mean? Okay. I, I hope that's not a weird statement to anybody, but you know, I, like I I told you about the one time I got sick. I think I had like strep or something, and uh, so I was home. I was like on bed rest, and it was during like the NCA like college women's like softball tournament and I actually sat there for like half a day and watched the, the taping of the softball tournament it was yeah. very interesting um, it's a lot faster than baseball like MLB so I actually enjoy that more than watching MLB okay. um, I think women just do a lot of really cool stuff but we just gotta watch it I would say for me the times that I'm watching more uh, like women athletics would be during the Olympics mm-hmm Definitely, you know, watching like volleyball, watching um, gymnastics, like all, all of these, you know, I mean, track and field, of course. Um, I definitely checked out a few of the women's basketball games when the Olympics were happening. I kind of feel like that's kind of that's more my jam when I'm yeah. watching women's sports. And it's the thing is, it's nothing having to do with, you know, not having a desire to watch it. It's just kind of like what, what I what I watch, like what I grew up watching, yeah. you know, um, kind of like, I guess, if you want to compare it to music, like. I know there's I know there's rock music. Mm-hmm. I know people love it. I know it's good. Yeah. I know um, to some it's underappreciated, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean I won't listen to it. You know what I mean? It's just not necessarily what I grew up listening to. I don't have a, a favorite rock artist. And the same same goes with the WNBA. But yeah, um, I mean we got a team right here in our backyard. I don't even know the name. You know what I'm saying? So we gotta do better. Definitely gotta do better. I agree. And I, yeah, and I think uh, like I said, if you're a real um, like if you really feel that you're a, fan of the sport itself then watching the WNBA gives you uh, like WNBA or even like the big three those things give you a way to watch basketball all year round when the NBA is in the off season 
That's real. So and we're always looking for more basketball. Yeah, yeah, like, no, I'm not big on watching like uh, like throwback games. I probably should yeah, watch more throwback games. <laughs> I hate it. Like it's not like watching a movie over. Like you know, all right, you about yeah. to shoot it three right here. Yeah. Like like I don't want I don't want that. Like I, I want a yeah. little excitement. I still enjoy the live aspect of it. So being able to watch like the big three tournament, shout out to Ice Cube, uh, and that's constantly progressing in the right direction. And being able to see uh, retired NBA players still get to play ball is cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, and, and WNBA is cool. Um, and but I have been enjoying watching this women's sports in general. But um, this is in fact not a, a sports podcast. If you were thinking it was, <laughs> right? Uh, that's real. We, that's we real. are here for the for the whiskey and the music. So I think it's time to go ahead and jump in, brother. Absolutely. Uh, so we got a couple things on the list today, man. Uh, I'm excited about episode two. Are you man? Episode two of the pod, man. Whiskey Wednesday. We back, baby. Episode one was strong. Yeah. We're gonna come back with more strength. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? What you so, brother? What you sipping on? Hey, here? man. I'm, I'm actually sipping on my favorite whiskey, Jameson. <laughs> Jameson is my favorite whiskey. Bro. You are trashy. Favorite. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be your favorite. Yes. Yeah, the yeah. dive bar go-to is the fave. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Jameson it is, man. Um, yeah, we're sticking with the with the basics for right now. We had a little Honey Jack last time, a little Jameson this time, and then maybe moving forward, we might venture out a little bit. We're still waiting to take suggestions from you all on whiskey that we should drink yeah. and taste out here. Send them um, in. Uh, yeah. If you guys are on YouTube... Post it below. Yeah. If you're listening to us, you know, I'm just on the podcast app. Hit us up. Hit us up on our social media accounts. Yeah. Let us know. Um, I think next episode we might get a little Uncle Nearest. Yeah, we'll go ahead and take I things. I love out. it. Yeah. I love it. I got a couple other ones we should try. So, you know, my favorite is um, Rowan's Creek. Ooh, I remember Rowan's Creek. Yeah, so I'll put a little hair on your chest. Yeah, that, I think we were at, like, a, was it a cigar lounge? Or I think it might have just been a, a, a bar that allowed cigars, and it was the roof was open. We were on a D.C. Word. rooftop. Yeah, you don't remember that? It, you might have been two or three, <laughs> two or three uh, Rowan's Creek saying. I remember drinking. I, the only place I, I can recall that carries Rowan Creek in D.C. is Chicken Whiskey. Hmm. We were on a rooftop with cigars. We had cigars? Nah, we, we were not smoking cigars, but. Uh, Are you talking about the. The, yeah, 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 that's what was. I cool. had Rose Creek in there. Yeah, that's the first. Yeah, I was, time. I was, yeah, I was, I was feeling the right in there. That's the first time we had Rose Creek. It was Creek. like dark and all that. Real dark. Yeah, it was a good vibe, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was like some of your coworkers that were in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a good vibe. Um, but I'm gonna find out where that was. I think it was in Alan Morgan actually. Sounds right. It was that a nice right. spot. It definitely was a different spot. Like it's not where we normally normally hang nah, out. Nah, nah. I think we, we should we should step over there a little bit. Um, I'm down. But yeah, we gonna try some more whiskeys on the show. Yeah, we'll figure sure. out what that spot was with the cigars. Yeah, we might, we might, have, to, we might have to get a cigar out there, man, too. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. You, you about that? Uh, special occasions. Like, I celebrated my birthday about a month ago, and yeah, had, it was, had a, a nice cigar. Excuse. It was good, man. I, I, felt, I felt like a boss. It's something about a cigar. I don't know what it is. It's just, yeah, it's a boss. Yeah, even yeah. if you're not even really, you know, puffing it. You're just holding it. You know what I mean? It's like sitting there. It's like... <laughs> It's like sitting in like a nice car or something like that. Even if it's not yours, bro. If you're not driving it. Yeah, that's a pause. Yeah. I don't think um <laughs> that was a pause one for sure. I don't I don't know. I'm a, I'm pretty sure I've had a cigar too. Um I I, I go for a, a nice little cigar, quick cigar buzz, but it's yeah. not really my thing. I definitely don't do hookah. We discussed that. Yeah, you're not you don't you're not nah, really feeling it's, hookah. It's something hookah it's a little too much going on around hookah. It looks a little ghetto actually. <laughs> It's just looking ghetto, so I had to leave that alone. Um, uh, yeah. The whole swapping out the mouthpieces and yeah, and they, you know people be blowing it in the. Oh, I saw this thing, this meme on Instagram where it said, "Imagine if uh, you're at a hookah bar, 
and you can't pay the bill. So the bartender takes your phone and deletes all your uh, Instagram story. <laughs> Basically saying you're only using the hookah to look cool on yeah, Instagram. For stuff. So they go in and they delete your whole Instagram story. It never happened. <laughs> never happened. Did it, did it happen? It delete? never happened. You didn't pay. It didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I mean, nowadays hookah is definitely a little COVID y. Definitely, definitely slightly COVID. It's crazy people still out here doing hookah with other people right Stop now. Stop that. Y'all breathing in that junk. Stop that. Cut it out. You're killing me, man. You're killing me, man. All right, so let's jump into what we got to talk about. They don't want to believe the truth. They don't want to believe it, Gail. Uh, she said, Robert. <laughs> You're killing me. All right, so first things first, um, I saw this on Instagram and I wanted to ask you about it. Oh, man. There's a post that said, um, pretty much the post said the songs... Featuring Lil Baby on Drake and Kanye's albums are driving both projects. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and name those two songs. Okay. Um, so on Kanye's album, give me a second. Take your time, man. Give me a second. I'll tell you what. I don't know if, while you search for that, I don't know if with the baby's recent uh, issues and controversy, if he would still be on those albums. Now we're talking about Lil Baby. Oh, shoot. <laughs> I'm not lit, y'all. But they all got similar. You got Lil Baby the Baby, um, Birdman, Baby Spice, uh, Baby Boss. That's what it's called, right? The, the movie? The yeah. Little Baby. I'm weak. <laughs> I'm uh, weak. Lil Baby. Okay, then yes. I think Lil Baby is... Um, at first, I wasn't a big Lil Baby fan. I, I didn't... Solely because I didn't necessarily understand everything he said. I thought it was a lot of auto-tune hype. You know, it was... Auto tune heavy his sound, so it was hard for me to get what was going on. It was a lot of mumbling. That's what I thought. But I started to pay a little more attention lately, um, and I noticed that he he really he really be rapping. And yeah, I, and I respect that. So <laughs> the frustrating part, as I was trying to look up the name of the song that Lil Baby's on with uh, Kanye, is that Kanye does not name any of his featured artists on his album. <laughs> <laughs> so that's really really frustrating. Why he do you has, think that is? I don't know. I don't know why that is. <laughs> there's no reason. Yeah, there's no reason. There's no reason for it. So the only reason that I could think of why maybe someone would do that is because they don't want you skipping around on their album instead of listening to it in the context. So skip. like skip. Nobody's listening to 27 songs straight all the time. You listen to 27 songs straight, maybe the first time, maybe the second time. After that, we're going to our favorite song. Right, but by then you've already heard it at least once, so you know which one is your favorite. I but guess. if you if you look at somebody's album and you see, oh, they got a feature with this person and this person, then chances are you might skip down uh, without listening to everything else. Maybe he's telling the story and he doesn't I, want you to skip it. He I don't do that. Within context. If I'm listening to your album, I'm listening to your album. I don't care if my favorite artist is on track number 13. I'm listening all the way through and I'm excited to get to that one. Yeah. But that's annoying. But anyway... Um, Lil Baby is on a song on Donda and Lil Baby is on a song on Certified Lover Boy. I saw a post that pretty much said that he's driving, he's driving, the, uh, driving the force for both albums. And I want to know, would you agree? Do you think that Lil Baby has that, that type of power for two major artists um, being Kanye and Drake? Well, I feel like, first of all, that's a really big statement. He's not, he's not driving the force. He may be um, adding a new energy for it. <clears throat> Uh, you know, adding a new energy to the record itself. But, I mean, he's not driving your album, your whole album, because he's on one song. No, absolutely not. I do not agree with that. Okay. But I do think he's been coming with a new energy lately that, um, you know, that keeps things more exciting. Like, when Drake dropped that that three-pack joint, whatever it was called, the, the blue cover joint, 
Um, and Lil Baby was on that song. It was him and, and Lil Baby came on the second verse and he was just flowing and going crazy. Is that Scorp- is it Scorpion or? No, 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 no. He dropped a, a three song EP joint. I'm just talking about um, actually. Oh, he had the one with uh, Rick Ross. Right? Didn't he have a song with Rick Scary Ross? Scary Hours. When he dropped Scary Hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Lil Baby was on Wants and Needs. Lil Baby, yeah, 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 yeah. he kind of went crazy on that joint. So I think it it adds to it. It just helps to build his his presence up mm-hmm. as a rapper and give him more respect because if all these real MCs are adding you to their songs, then maybe everyone else in hip-hop should respect you a little more. I mean, yeah, even uh, I think Andre 3000 named him and yeah. one of the artists that he is inspired by and would like to work with. Crazy, yeah. Um, I, I agree with you. I don't necessarily think he's driving the force behind their albums, but... no. Um, you know, I got. I had to go through the comments to see what people are saying, and one some somebody did have a strong point. They were saying they base um, a dry a drive and a force based off of uh, streams, and the numbers for um, both albums, the songs that Lil Baby were on, were doing crazy numbers. So I think that his level of popularity definitely um, is helping them out, and I also but I also think that people are just legitimate fans of his. Um, but I don't. I don't think that it's fair to say that he's driving the force behind the albums. I think that Drake and Kanye's names are was was driving the force. Yeah. So I, I guess if you're looking at it from that way, so maybe I was looking at it from the perspective of of his artistry in general. But when you look at it from that way, then of course I guess his his fan base is adding to the overall streams, which adds to the overall sales. So he would be pushing it forward. But then you can say that about all the features on the album. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they all have very versatile um, groups of, of features on each album. I mean, like Fabio, Foreign. I, I think Baby King might be on Kanye's album. You know, you got a little baby. You got all these different people, and then Drake has r- the most random but cool group of people. And you got little baby. You got Future, of course. Yeah. You got Thames. You got you got Yeba. You know, Yeba's yeah, track was cool. You know? And that's pulling together a, a few different audiences in one. Um, and, and that can be beneficial. So I think pulling all those, all of those uh, different audiences together, and then your audience coupled with that, will definitely drive the force of it. So not one person is driving the streams. Yeah. No. Yeah. I don't. I don't think that's the case either. I will say, um, I don't know what Kanye was doing by taking Chris Brown's verse off. Um, like they, they, so they, they did leak his verse, like that was supposed to be on the, because he did have like a little small section on Donda. And, um, Donda. yeah. <laughs> and, um, I have to say like Chris Brown's verse was a little left as far as like the context of what he was talking about, but, um, it was hot. Well, maybe you answered your own question. Yeah. But like, it I don't, be hot, but maybe you just, maybe it just don't fit for that record. So maybe you will use it for something else. But a lot of stuff on Donda didn't fit. But so, okay. I put it to you like this. Since you brought up Andre 3000, did you hear the, uh, the record that Drake leaked? Mm-hmm. All right, so for, for anyone in the audience who doesn't know, uh, Donda and Certified Love Boy both out, as you all know. Uh, there was a record that uh, didn't make it on the Donda album that was a Kanye West and Andre 3000 record. It was probably... It would probably have been the best song on Donda if it would have made the album, right? Um, but Andre 3000's verse was more geared toward... It was actually a very profound verse where he was basically talking to Kanye West's mother, Donda, um, in telling her to speak to his mother as if, you know, as they're both in heaven. Um, and just just giving her a really, like, heartfelt messages to give his mother, uh, which was an amazing thing to hear. Mm. Um, very heartfelt. I felt that one. And then Kanye comes on the back end with his verse, and it's really 
all subliminal shots at Drake. Nothing really pertaining to what Andre 3000 spoke about. Um, what do you think about that? I think it's silly. Yeah. I think it's silly and disrespectful. I mean, I'm there's not many people who can get Andre 3000 to come out, period, and get on their song. Yeah. And you know, I, I was I write up on this too, and like the fact that. You know, 3000 did get a, get on the song. It was because he said he felt a special connection. He also lost his mother a few years ago. He said this was kind of like the perfect uh, song for him to jump on with Kanye. And he didn't necessarily know that he was going to take that route with it. But I liked his response. Like, he was like, things happen the way they're supposed to happen. Um, you know, his part didn't necessarily make the album. And the way that it came out wasn't as planned. Um, but it's probably for the best because had that come out, people could have easily thought that Andre 3000 was in support of Kanye kind of taking jabs mm-hmm. at Drake and then there could have been some unnecessary beef happening. And so, I, I think that's why I didn't make the album. Yeah. Maybe. I think I think they I think Kanye went with his people went back and listened to it and was like, this doesn't make any sense. So so why waste the verse from Andre 3000? But see the thing about it is as as you we've seen from Drake in, in his, many of his few in his few feuds or beefs that he's had with different artists. When he gets into that mode where he's in he's in war mode, he, he's going to do different things and have different tactics. So the fact that he yeah. still has a radio show on Apple Music and he has the leaked record, yeah. you know that's that's him. That's a, that's a that's a move. That's a war move. Yeah. So you can't really play around with stuff like that. And then I mean, two or three of the songs on Certified Lover Boy definitely tapped in into that beef. And he's he's talking about industry friends. He's saying some things about Kanye leaking his address and, and things like yeah. that. So. You got to be ready for stuff like that. You know what I mean? Kanye, like I said last episode, he's definitely trending in the right direction as far as getting back into, into truly rapping and, and emceeing, but Drake is in shape. Oh, so, yeah. You know what I mean? So, And he has some things he wanted to get off his chest, and, and he did that. So, yeah, you can't really play around with something like that, especially when you get such a rare verse from somebody like Andre 3000. But I appreciated how heartfelt his message was on the song and off the song, and I'm glad the song didn't make the album. I think they can put that together in another song and make it work. Kanye probably should have just stripped his verse, wrote a new one, and took that diss verse and put it on another track and go from there. No, you don't got to be scared to drop the joint because once you start, you out there. But, but why, are you, why are we using an album name after your mom for a space to diss another rapper? Exactly, and he didn't. Right. So I'm glad I didn't make the album, but yeah. it, it should have never got out. Yeah, it's just, but why was that even, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. do that elsewhere, you know, have yeah. y'all's thing. Uh, but from the beginning, it was, is, it was bad judgment. If if it was him who did it, uh, who put this, you know, put the two together like that. Yeah, because I'm sure there are a lot of people who had their hands on that album, which is probably why it got leaked. Right. You got to keep that circle tight, which is probably very difficult to do uh, in general when you're that big, and then it probably gets even harder to do when you're living out of a stadium. Yeah, I mean, but then also think about how many features he had up there. I mean, many many hands were in the pot. Too many hands. So, yeah. yeah. Um, Next, we'll, we'll talk about Certified Lover Boy since we're on Drake and, we right here, and uh, Kanye. Okay. What are your thoughts so far? I was excited. Uh, I'll be honest. Like, uh, <laughs> guilty. I waited up. I waited up that night mm-hmm. for the, you know, for the drop 2 a.m. And um, I think I got to like through like three songs that early in the morning that I got the next morning and listened to it all the way through. Mm-hmm. It's definitely an album you can, you can ride to, listen to all the way through. And wow. I appreciate albums that way. Um, I have a couple of favorites. Um, on the album that I'll I'll list off mm-hmm. and you know uh, didn't really get the cover art I think it's funny I think that's memorable but uh, the cover art kind of threw me a little bit I like champagne poetry the way that it the way that it started out that's that was a perfect beginning to the album um, I think my 
favorite song right now is Race My Mind. I like Fountains. Uh, I like Knife Talk. I just like Knife Talk because it's like... That's the most aggressive song I've it's heard aggressive. in the last few years. Like, if I'm working out or something like that, yeah. definitely playing Knife Talk. That joint is nuts. Uh, no Friends in the Industry. Mm-hmm. Yabba's Heartbreak was pretty random. I, I don't... Are Yabba and Drake friends or something like that? Or I think... Okay. I don't know. Yeah. But what I will say is... I've noticed about Drake over his career is that he, he keeps his ear to the streets and he pays attention to okay. people who are really talented, which is how he, I mean, I think that's how he discovers his artists too, right? Yeah. So him having Yebba didn't surprise me. Him having Thames on the album didn't surprise me. Yeah. Him having Divion on the album didn't surprise me because he's he's one of those people who he stays in touch with what's going on. And that and that there's something to be said about that because I think that's what helps you stay relevant. You got to know what the streets are listening to at the moment. Yeah. Um, and then, but giving them a platform like that, probably the biggest platform, top three biggest platforms in music right now being on your album is, is a blessing in itself and it benefits both parties because it it shows that Drake is still current and it puts them in a position to gain more fans and make more money to support themselves. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely. Uh, yeah, the Yabba song, let me see. I got, I think I got like two more. Way too sexy, <clears throat> not necessarily my go-to on the album, but I get what he was doing. The music video was funny. You gotta have some fun with it. I appreciate it. Uh, I definitely like Love All featuring Jay-Z. Girls Want Girls in the Bible. Like, there, there's a lot. I mean, and, and think about it. There's, uh, let me see, 21 tracks on this album, and I, I probably listed off about 10. That's a pretty decent percentage, especially for someone who doesn't necessarily listen to a lot of hip hop just being like just being honest like i have select few artists that i like drake being one of them um but i can't sit here and be like i am a hip-hop guru i know all about the ins and outs of artists i can say that about you know pop and r&b music probably but for me to listen to uh this drake album and the, the percentage is almost at 50 percent as far as songs that i liked i think that he did a good job as far as consumers and appealing to people yeah. um just abroad you know mm-hmm. what i mean that, that will just kind of take to what he's created so yeah yeah Solid I, album. this there's something i don't know how to put this there's something about the structure of song songs these days it's not even the the rapping as much i feel like a lot of the production these days is very loose mm. it, it feels very a lot of production can feel a little watered down you know what i'm saying like it feels very fast Felt like this production was watered down. Some some of the beats felt watered down, like they were just like there wasn't too much thought that went into it. There wasn't much much depth to it, much body to it. You know what I'm saying? Like it's easy to just throw in the throw in the 808, um, throw in the snare a couple times, and and then add some like underwater sounds in the background. And then it, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, there isn't much. Uh, there aren't really sections to the beats anymore. You know, there are no bridges. There are no, no how you, movement. How do you feel about that? Because that's definitely the direction a lot of music's going in nowadays. Where yeah, no bridge, uh, no, you know, new theme that happens in the song, just kind of yeah. staying the same. And then we're we're definitely we're definitely in the the vibe era. We're in the vibe era. Yeah. Everybody's trying to create that. Everybody wants smoking music. Everybody wants music where you put it on a playlist and you just let it go and yeah. you just rack up your streams. Um, for me, that lacks creativity, just a personal opinion, but I understand the strategic approach to it. But how do you, like, how do you feel? Do you feel like that's what he was trying to do? 
No, not intent. Not no, because he he broke it up. There are some songs I feel like that, and others that don't. Um, but I don't personally like it per se. I get it, and 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 I can do it. But it's just kind of like I like to tell stories, so I just feel when you're just kind of rushing through songs just to have content. So even doing that from the production standpoint, it's hard to write a a truly meaningful song if the production is so watered down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, if there's no real movement to it, it's just like everything is too sequenced to where you can, you can hear it sequencing from A section to B section. Oh, we're just bringing in the hi-hat on the second part of this verse, these last eight bars. You know, there should be different things going on, movements, you know? Yeah, I um, mean, for this album in particular, I would say... There were a few songs where I thought the production was very clean, very well done, mm-hmm. not necessarily innovative, not necessarily um, them trying to find new sounds or, you know, yeah. I, I will say if we're comparing, I think Donda was more in that direction where he was trying different sounds, trying to be more innovative, stretching himself as an artist. Um I don't necessarily I didn't necessarily get that from Drake's approach this time. Mm. I think he was trying to please his fans and yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that either. Yeah. Donda definitely uh but that but that's Kanye. We talked about that um on the last episode too, how he is a student of music. And, mm-hmm. and Drake is as well, but I think he he's a student of music from both the hip hop aspect and the like the rapping aspect and the producing aspect. So he's gonna try different things musically. Uh, to add to the sound, and, and but even with with songs uh, like the the one that has Fabio Foreign and, and and the other guys on it, um, that did have that drill sound, which is very current right now. But yeah. he, he clearly he just had that Kanye spin on it. Um, your favorite song was Jail, right? On Donda. Yeah, I do. I like Jail, the Jay Z version. Um, I actually I didn't mind Jail Part Two with uh, the Baby either. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I I appreciated hearing the baby spit like that. He was saying some real stuff, stuff that's going on with them right now, cancel culture, you know, not, people not necessarily understanding how he grew up and like mm. people trying to tell him how to talk. I I kind of want to hear more of that that from the baby. I know we got a taste of that when he had the song with Roddy Rich, and he remixed that as well. Features, but is that when we gonna get it, the baby? Like when you are featuring on somebody else's song, and you know you. you you kind of are taking that type of type of approach, um, but I don't know. I'm. What's he your, does what, that on his own too. He had. Yeah, a, I was gonna say what he's doing is working, so I'm not even going. He had a. Um, I think there was a, there was a moment when his I think his brother passed away. I think it was his brother, and he wrote a. Um, like the intro to this to the album was the like a song where he was talking about uh, his brother and his family dealing with that situation. It was really it sounded like a conversation with he and his brother, and I thought it was it was very mm-hmm. creative, and I'm sure it was very therapeutic. Uh, for him, uh, which I thought was very, uh, very big of him, so I thought that was dope. Yeah. Um, is it fair to say the baby is uh, present day ludicrous? No. He. I mean, I mean, is he like? Is, no. I mean, he's not as good as Ludacris at rapping. Okay. No. I mean, he. But he tries to. Ludacris wasn't that kind. He wasn't controversial. You know what I mean? It's like he. He's, he's like a mixture between like kind of like Ludacris and Fifty Cent. Well, I feel like Ludacris as an artist, just in general, was very clean. Like. Yeah. But that also comes with he was very um, he was a little older and he was more versatile because he used to work in radio before he blew up. Yeah, but I say that he. I, I'm not saying that he is, but I, the reason I ask that question is because I think that Ludacris is very animated. Yeah, he can actually rap. So can the baby, in my opinion. Yeah, he can rap. Too. Um, and I feel like 
his videos are very reflective of like the approach that Ludacris had, like the big head. Yeah, like, I, got, I got what you mean. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the direction I was going in with it. But yeah. I, I definitely think the baby has become a more controversial uh, artist, which kind of brings us into our next topic. Uh, you know, when he had that moment where he made those remarks, we don't need to repeat them, but he made the remarks everybody knows about. And I, I wanted to ask, like, what's next for the baby? What does he need to do? Do you think that he is going to be canceled? Is this something that he can get out of? What, what do you think is next for him? I think he's fine. I think he's fine. Like like he actually said, it was stupid. It was tasteless. Uh, it was completely uh, unnecessary. Made no sense. Like you can go back and you can say it was out of context. <laughs> Made no sense. Yeah, like I'm not even trying to like fry him up. <laughs> but it's just like it was just probably the dumbest thing to say. But what I will say is like he said about the way he grew up and stuff like that. Sometimes you you don't know. You don't know, and you say things you don't think is as bad as as you saying because your intention, his intention didn't seem like it was too, um, what's the word I'm looking for? His intention wasn't to insult anyone. He was just trying to find something. I don't know why he thought that was something positive to say. It was it was dumb. Yeah. But it was out of the a place of ignorance, literal ignorance, not out of a place of being a jerk it was out of a place of literal ignorance that like literally what that word means is what that statement was for sure and, and um, i think i think with him him having an ignorant moment i don't necessarily i'm glad that people didn't uh, like just let it pass um because a lot of times that does happen where people have an ignorant moment we let it go it's okay he didn't know any better uh but i do think that it was very random like I, i'm trying to figure out where that thought in itself came from in that yeah. moment like, like it's nothing wrong be like hey fellas like, you know, lady, <laughs> ladies say, say ow like it's yeah. cool like you can Keep do it real simple, bro you go on stage you perform yeah you get your money and you get, get your money. stage he went left and but what made it worse is is trying to circle back on instagram live after the fact and and um yeah he was lit. trying to save face you gotta let your if you're gonna have a pr team let them do their job bro he was definitely probably he at least two or three shots in when he did that on, on uh, you too big for that you too big man and you and, you, and there is those acting like you ain't know how big you was you're not hopping on these records with a, a, Anita who was like Beyonce or Rihanna in Brazil and, and, and yeah. records with Dua Lipa if you're not big you know what I'm yeah. saying the, the, I think the two biggest of this of this generation right now is is the baby and and um and Meg Thee Stallion oh I was gonna say Lil Baby but Who's who's like the more marketable? And, and people love Lil Baby, man. I they, don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Meg, more. Meg, Meg was kind of hurt with the whole Tory Lane situation. I'm gonna be honest. Like she was on the fast track, you know. Not saying was she. She still is very much so. But I think that knocked her off track a little bit, honestly, because it was really, really like bad, questionable, like odd press for her, where she had to kind of like be out of the spotlight for a while, get herself back mentally, and I feel like. Even now, there's a lot of gray areas with what happened with that, and I think that she's trying to get like trying to get back to her spot. But I don't know, man. Since then, mm-hmm. she's like been. A, she just had the Grammys, right? She yeah, she just, yeah she she's she been got the dropping Grammys. records since then. I think she dropped her album after that. Yeah, she, she just finds it. I mean, it was just a weird situation. And then she and, had she had sorry she then she had controversy with controversy with her management, where they weren't letting her release music. It's just a lot, it's been a lot going on with her. I feel like she has to battle a lot. It's not a smooth path for her. Yeah, she's still yeah. in the number one spot. That's what I'm saying. Even with all of that, she's she's still doing well. Yeah, I, I think she'll be fine, especially with the backing that she has with, with like being on Rock Nation. 
She she's just fine. It's just time for her to keep putting on more records, more good records. You know what I'm saying? More yeah. more bangers. Everybody forget all about it. That situation with Tory Lanez, you, you see who who hasn't bounced back from it. You know what I mean? Like I mean, he's still dropping music and everything, but it's the relevance that he had in the the trajectory that he had during, especially like during quarantine with the was a quarantine radio that he was doing yeah. and stuff like that. He was like he was one of the, the front runners of content during the pandemic. Yeah. Him, D nice. Um yeah. so it was just like who knows, bro, but the weird things happen, bro. And um by no way are we do we ever condone uh violence against anyone, especially women. Yeah. Um nah. Yeah you, yeah, you never do that. Women and children are, are always, always a no-go. Um, I mean, you, you can't be out here talking big, big gangster talking. You don't, um, you don't know that code. Um, but anyway. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's go back to the list here. Um, so we touched on, uh, you know, Lil Baby being on both Kanye and Drake's albums. Sort of a lover boy. We went through a few of the songs that we appreciate. We, we might need to go back to that. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I went through the songs I, I appreciate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we, we, we can step back. We can actually leap into, you know, jump into a few of the songs and why, you know, those, you know. Let me let me tell you the ones I like. Um, Poppy's Home was was like that. Yeah. I like I like that that talk. You're giving him that talk. Talking that, yeah, I'm the big dog is back. I, yeah. I love talk like that. That's um, sweet. Did he have Nikki come on that one? And, yeah, and she was yeah like, that was good. Yeah, she yeah. was like, you're going to have to pay me. To be my sons, that was hilarious. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go back to the to the number five track with Jay Z in a second because we'll discuss those two verses. Uh, Jay Z's verse on "Shut Up, I Love Boy" and then his verse on "Donda." Yeah, big difference. Fair trade with Travis Scott, Drake, and, and Travis Scott. If they haven't already, they should probably go ahead and put a joint project together. Yeah, they I got. Agree with it. They don't miss. Nah, they have not missed. Company, um, what's the joint? Sicko mode. Sicko mode. Yeah. Fair trade. I think they got a couple other ones too. They don't really miss with that. Um, what else? Like you said, knife talk. Knife talk is very aggressive. <laughs> knife talk needs to be in some some movie where anybody. It's it's a, it's a murder scene. There's yes, there's some songs sometimes where the songs are so authentically aggressive that I, when I listen to it with my eyes closed, I see a dark cloud. Yeah. Knife Talk is one of those. Um, if you ever had heard Whip Your Head by 50 Cent and Young Buck, that's one I of those. I thought you were about to say Willow Smith. Absolutely not. <laughs> whip whip Your Head. Bro, if you were talking about Whip Your Hair and in here, <laughs> I was about to cut all of this off. First of all, that was a banger. First of all, it was. that record was crazy. But we're not, not going to bring in but that Your was, Hair That was not talk. an aggressive record. No. Um, Absolutely not. I'll Whip Your not. Head Boy by okay. 50 Cent and, okay. and Young Buck. That joint was crazy aggressive. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Yeah, it was just one of them songs that had the... And, and you can honestly take pretty much any... Um, What's what's my real name? Uh, any King Von record, and they they all had the most aggressive tone I've ever heard in my life. Uh, I was actually a little scared to listen to some of his music. Yeah, he was he was about that. So um, <laughs> yeah, you got those Fallons with Tim's. I love yeah, that Tim's. There's something about her her tone that's so so raw and yet so smooth. She just kind of floats on them joints. I have I've never seen her. I don't know what she looks like. I just followed her around you the other day. Just because she was doing so well musically, I was like, I want to keep up with this artist. Does she look the way she sounds? What do you think she looks like? I don't know. I don't know, I don't know what that means. Um, I think I so. 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. Let me pull it over. Okay, okay, yeah. Tim's baby is her kind of. I mean, she looks kind of like she looks kind of like uh, Justine Scott. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, yeah, I see that. A little bit, but then not right there. Yeah, yeah. she looks. She looks chill. Like she like she getting there and vibe. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I love to work with her. She fine. She looks like one of the girls that was at the kickbacks in in college. I didn't really talk to anybody except for her friends. And yeah. that's it. But she cool. But she she'll talk to you actually uh, if you yeah, if, if you got if, more. If you're coming correct, she she might open up and have some convo with you. <laughs> you got you got more um, more to drink over there. Yeah. Yeah, she, I can see that. She like she down to talk a little bit, but if you look like you want some shenanigans, she not really, she not down for it. She yeah. not, and I respect that. I can see it. That's crazy how we just put that whole little fake I mean, backstory together. We ain't never met her a day. In that's life. probably how she was though. She might still be. She might still be. What did you think of the record with Kid Cudi? Did you listen to that one? I mean, uh, I did. It was good. It was solid. It was solid. I'm a, I'm a Cuddy fan, man. Yeah, I um, it was solid. It wasn't for me. It wasn't a standout. Like I didn't even. I don't think I named that one. Mm-hmm. But it was solid. That's it. Um, you only live one. You only live twice. Excuse me, with Lil Wayne and Rick Ross. That's I like that one. That was Absolutely. that was nice to hear. That's what. Yeah, that was it. It was nice to, to hear Wayne come back spitting. Rick Ross doesn't miss. One he, he never misses. Ross is in my top five. Yeah, he's been in my be. top five. Since mafia music, yeah. See the features on this one, man. It just it was good. Very but well done. I think my favorite one is, is Seven A.M. on Bridal Path, though. Yeah, I like that. one. He was talking that talk. Yeah, he he got right to it, and it wasn't no verse for real, and like that. I mean, it wasn't a chorus or anything like that. He was just straight talking, getting things off his chest, and like you know what time it is in a very creative way. We As a like, wordsmith, we all like to hear Drake rap. We want to hear you rap. That's it. I want to hear him rap. Talk that talk. But you know, I think that he's smart because he doesn't just straight rap for all of us all the time. Like, he's not, not that. Yeah, he not he's not gonna give it give it, it all to us every single time. Like he's like, I'm gonna give y'all a little taste of everything I can do, and then remind y'all that I can actually rap. Oh, you know, it's funny because all he does is follow the, the the blueprint that works, and it's weird that other people don't do it because if you go back and you listen to music, right? If you listen to your ideal album, it may start out with something nice, something high energy. You get maybe two or three higher energy records, right? Um, and then you can't keep people high energy the entire time. So then you go into a couple of slower songs, ballad songs. You go into some songs that have a little more thought to them. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just you got to give people that type of variety. Like the you're taking them on a ride. Like I, I'm sure I've said to you when I, when I try to make music, it's like telling a story or a movie for your ears. So you should be able right. to close your eyes yeah. and visualize something. So I, you should... I've always felt that from what I've learned from from other like people in the, in the game and, and from studying music is that you should approach it that way. So your album should be like telling um, a story or, or you know a movie. It doesn't necessarily have to be a concept album like Good Kid, Mad City or something like that right. with actual narrations and stuff like that. But it should still take people start somewhere, take them there, have a climax, and then take them back down so they leave feeling like they experienced something. And I think Drake just does a really good job of that. And he doesn't. You can tell he's not always just. On his really good albums, he's not just taking a bunch of songs out of the vault and throwing yeah. them together. And, and I appreciate that. I do. I appreciate it. For it needs, sure. Sonically, it needs to all mesh well together. Yeah. It needs to be one thought. Yeah. It needs to be, you know, something that he needs like, okay, this is the story. Like you said, the story I want to tell mm-hmm. and I want to take my fans to another place yeah. because we've been waiting for it. Like we we do. Like fans will wait for their, their favorite artists to release great music tell their story you want to know what y'all been up to yeah. and i think that he did it honestly he did a good job and i can't say that 
Kanye, not going back to Donda, but Kanye didn't do a bad job at it either because he, we got a lot of, of what he's been going through mm -hmm. and in a very raw way with him doing the three release, three, three release parties and the uh -huh. different stadiums. We really felt like Kim being there. He's dealing with a lot of stuff, man. Like, and that's just like one of those layers of being a vulnerable artist where you yeah. can just tap into what you're dealing with in life and pour that into your art. It's and I appreciate concept. it. It's the best content. Yeah. For sure. And I, and I think Kanye did it as well. I yeah. think with, with starting off your album with uh, with, a, with a, a chant that's so uh, so bare and then going into a song that doesn't really have any drums, it's really just kind of like guitar and vocals in the background mm -hmm. on, on jail. And then moving, it was like it started out low and open and then it moved into more, you know, kind of, I want to say congested music, but music that had a lot more going on later and then it kind of calms down. Yeah, a little chaotic. So yeah. it's, again, telling the story. Telling Mellow, the story. chaos, and then it comes back down in the end. And a lot of times people think that you have to have records that tie together as if like, oh, the ending of this song is the beginning of the next song kind of thing. And they think that helps with the overall connection of it. And I mean, in theory, it can. But if you're not making songs that truly connect, it's not necessarily going to matter as much just because the end, the last 10 seconds of this song is the beginning of the next one. Because at the same time, you're still going to hear it skip. And go to the next song. It's not like yeah. it's gonna seamlessly transition into the next song. It don't work like that. Yeah. So um you don't need to cop take the cop out. You know what I mean? Like find yeah. a cop out for making things that fit together. For sure. Yeah, yeah I like that. Seven AM on Bridal Path was different though. He was talking that talk. I couldn't believe what he was saying on that joint. Just coming from um I like when he gets in that aggressive bag. So yeah, so we did a deep dive into Drake's certified lover boy. Um, scale of one to ten, man. What you get the album? <sighs> That's rough. Yeah. I'm nervous to say something. It's all right. Personal opinion. Okay, I'm gonna do it like this. So if I look through it, and it's what 21 songs, mm -hmm. and I've listened to the album straight through a bunch of times, and Let's see, which songs have I gone back to? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, yeah. 12. So out of 21 songs, I went back and listened to 12 a few times. Like I, I like them a lot. I think that's that's like a, a seven, like a seven and a half. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I would. I said I would. If you're you're about halfway, you're about half as far as like songs that just stand out to you. You go back and re give them a second listen or a third listen. Yeah, yeah. You're about a that's seven a, or eight. That's a successful album. Yeah. If people can go back and listen, and they they the, if more than fifty percent of your album has replay value, that's a successful album. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's move into the next section. Uh, so now we're actually going to drop into. Um, a new a new section of our podcast where uh, we give you guys the our, our whiskey mix and this is when we you know dig a little further into the recipe for the perfect drink mm. uh, the perfect drink being a very well done song so we're gonna you know take a listen to a song of, of our choice today I'm gonna pick the song if that's cool you got it bro and um, this is a song that I, <laughs> if I if I hop in the car I'm probably it's probably gonna be on a playlist. I'm probably gonna you know toss it on and listen to it. It's just well done, start to finish, and it, it definitely fits well on on the album as well. 
Um, it's a song called Rosamo. Um, at this point, you know, it's, it's a it's a little older, um, which is crazy that it's, it's older at this point. But it's by an artist named Lucky Day, um, off the album called Painted, and it's just a very well done song. So we'll listen to it and then uh, we'll, we'll kind of dive in and pick it apart, analyze it, and explain why the ingredients in this drink make it the perfect mix. You want to kick it off? Or you want me to? I'm gonna go first. You pick, man. Go ahead. Look it off. Uh, so the reason I picked this song, I just feel like, again, it's a very well done song, start to finish. Um, as far as instrument, instrumentation, choices made there in the engineering. Uh, if you if you notice in the beginning of the song, there's not necessarily any percussion happening on the bottom there. Uh, it's very open, very airy. Um, there's like in the background, there's kind of like this like operatic type of like vibe happening from a female voice and then he comes in with his um very kind of like bright almost like crooning voice set you know uh, in his tone and it kind of draws your attention right away when he when he starts to sing and then uh you know you hear the strings in the back just very very well done like it kept my interest the entire time and then um once we got to the second verse he completely switched up uh, the kind of the, the the syncopation, like the 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 rhythm and the melody that he was doing, and he kind of started driving the song a little bit, um, and he kind of got into a, a groove, and then that's when the percussion came in as well with the the live drum type of type of vibe, what he was doing, um, and I was like, okay, this this is where it starts, you know, kind of starts feeling right, starts feeling good, and then if you notice, he kind of backs off of it a little bit, and it allows space, and he made the he he made the the um, he made the, the choice of not having a true bridge, um, which is kind of, again, we talked about this earlier. This is the direction that a lot of music is going in, especially R&B music, where a lot of times it may be kind of like a vamp or an open space or something happening kind of in the background. And um, this is the and choice that he made. And I think it was a really good choice because it kind of like opened up the song. And then we kind of got a chance again to get back into a place of hearing those strings and just really appreciating and hearing all the, the instrumentation It's very, a very musical song. And then for like the last minute and a half, he just rides out on that really cool instrumentation. He brings back that like cool female voice in the background. Um, and it's just, it just kind of like puts a bow on, on the song and it ties everything together. And honestly, from start to finish, as far as production, engineering the mix of the song the the vocals i appreciate the lyrics because i'm i'm drawn into it so i'm actually re-listening to what he's talking about um this is just a really well very well done song a, a, a perfect start to an album in my opinion i think uh I, I love all that all that i think um listening to it this time was the first time i really paid attention to the lyrics um like it, the, the lyrics are actually very creative um, when he got to the section, like in the pre-course where he says, "And it ain't no room in Paris, so we can still fly high and crash it." Yeah, just make sure you pass it. I like that. Um, and then uh, the section where he's like, "We don't have to. We don't have to. St we don't have to be here if we stay. We don't have to leave if we go." You know what I mean? I thought that was very creative. You know, what yeah. I mean? it's, it's saying, "Hey, we we can go to a different place without moving at all, mm -hmm. just off this week." Um. Yeah, I like that, and it was it's very it's a very sensual song, and I like how it talks about basically utilizing like that high and that feeling that they get 
and experiencing it together and then allowing it to move them into being intimate with one another. One another is cool. And well, in a very creative way, like um, very creative, yeah. Got me on my knees, you're my religion. Yeah. Speaking tongues all on your body, no one's listening. I was that's, like, I was like, yeah. That's that's my favorite part. That's a bar right there. That's a bar. <laughs> and and the cool thing about that section right there is that's the beginning of the second verse where the rhythm, like you mentioned, is different than the first verse. So right. keeping things fresh at the top of the second verse. A lot of people don't understand when you write music, it's it's, it's in sections, right? Sections. And this, that's different something, themes. Different yeah. themes and different sections. That's something that I, I learned and I picked up when we, was, when we were studying classical music. Right. Right. So you've got your you got your verse, which is probably like 16 bars, something like that, or it can be 12, and then you've got four bars of a pre-course like he has. Um, they know when to Paris, that section. Right. right. And then go right into the chorus. Um it's just it's, it's very creative writing very, being very crafty with your words is something that I really appreciated from it this go around and then going back and forth through those different sections first pre-chorus chorus verse but a little bit more right and and mm-hmm. um, traditionally just you know the second time you do the you do a verse adding a little more adding some embellishments adding different rhythms and things to keep it fresh you don't want things to be boring so I like that a lot of course the instrumentation is amazing yeah um the uh the the operatic voice uh, it sounds like it's a woman's voice in the background like you mentioned is, is dope but yep. those strings those strings. strings this came out at a time where nothing else really sounded like that especially in r&b you know what i mean everybody right. was very vibey and this was still a vibe but it is giving you more 60s 70s kind of kind of vibe you know grooving like that yeah. almost, almost in, in a marvin Gaye kind of way um mm-hmm. almost so I thought that was cool. It was a it was a break from what everyone else usually hears. You know, you could tell he wasn't trying to conform and sound like anyone else when he made the record. Right. And I think that's what's helped him stand out. Uh, and and I think that's what moved him to be so successful. Uh, I, I don't want to say so quickly because like you, you know, I mean, I'm sure he's been working at it for yeah, a really long time. He, I doubt he was an overnight success. Yeah, there aren't many of them. No. So, uh, so I just thought that was dope, and I, and I think that that has rewarded him to put him in different positions to do things like have records with Earth, Wind, and Fire because yeah, he's cool. not afraid to stand out and and you know make things that mean something to him without feeling the need to conform to other sounds. So yeah, very well done music, and um, I'm just not surprised. You know what I mean? I'm not surprised. So you know that was the recipe for the day. Perfect drink. Uh, shout out to Lucky Day, man. Um, I'm down for me real quick before we close this section up. What are the ingredients to this section? The ingredients, man. You got to have um, a nice beginning that kind of grabs the attention of the listener. And he did that by having creating an aura. You know, that being a very, like, uh, airy, angelic type of vibe at the beginning. Dropping in with, you know, your swag and your tone and your, your lyrics and your, your vocal switching things up when you get to the second verse bringing in some percussion and some uh, syncopation and, and different type of um, different a different different type of energy in the second verse and then making the decision that you don't necessarily need a bridge and you're going to kind of back off allow the song to breathe give it that space and a appreciation to the instrumentation and kind of bring it home again with uh, those beautiful strings uh, and just beautiful instrumentation and given again giving the appreciation for that creation uh being the part of the song that's the that's the recipe yeah yeah i think mine would be the same starting out um 
well, definitely the writing has to be creative, but it also has to have memorable sections that people can go back to and reference. Uh, that helps them to remember the song, which which you did with the traditional structure of your verse, uh, pre-chorus, chorus, yeah. um, jumping through it like that. Um, instrumentation has to be good. You know what I mean? Like we talked about earlier, how, how some songs, production-wise, um, might seem, I don't necessarily stale, but they don't really have any true movement or anything to it. Yeah. That song has a lot of movement to it, a lot of different different parts that add to the character and move the song forward. So that's important. And the flow is just there. Yeah, and the flow. You, should, you know, you, you sh- it shouldn't feel forced at all. Yeah, and it also shouldn't feel too mechanical. Um, so, yeah, those are, those are the ingredients that I picked up from that one. Nice. Yeah. I like it. I feel like that brings us to our final topic. Favorite album since the pandemic started. Jeez. I'll let you uh, kick it off. <laughs> we, got a, we got a couple of options here on the list, but this is a hard one. Man, um, J Electronica's joint. I still listen to that to this day. It, it, it can't. It was. It was very timely, the content in in that that male, alpha male speech that that um, religious, um, not necessarily overly political but but very aware of things going on politically at the time it was very refreshing for me as a black man to hear that album when it came if it, it felt like a new energy pushed into my body um you know it, it made me feel ready to go back out into the world i felt at that time very very beaten down with a lot of different things that was going on right and it was it was around the time when you know police were were it was dropping us off so um, that felt like it prepped me to get back out there and, and just live life without without fear. You got that one. Um, if I'm staying in the hip hop realm, Benny the Butcher's album uh, was crazy. I think it was called Burden of Proof. Um, that joint was great. It was like, to me, it felt like Benny's coming out party. Um, it was so, it was so clean, you know? They, Griselda has such a gritty, gritty undertone, old school hip hop, real boom bap underground rap feel but that album felt very very crispy man it felt like a a, a classic album which that's what I, I classify it as mm-hmm. you got that if we're going in like um, more currently like R&B stuff that came out there's an artist called Joyce Rice um, I think she's out of Cali and her album is probably one of the most complete bodies of work um, that I've heard in the last few years um, you got that you got Dua Lipa's album, of course, which is great. Miley Cyrus is... I'm going to look at the camera. Listen, Miley Cyrus' <laughs> album is expensive. <laughs> She's definitely getting two to three uh, Grammys, next Grammy for that album. I'm just letting y'all know right now. Based on the structure of the songs and that album itself, she's going to get some Grammys. That album is actually fire. I can see it. Um, Dua Lipa, Miley Cyrus. Um, there's one more that I miss. Oh, the, the biggest album... The biggest one, the weekend album. Yeah, the weekend. We not we're not gonna talk about the shenanigans that was going on with the weekend at like the, the Grammys or the Super Bowl or nothing like that. I just want to say his, his, progression, since he's first come out is is very inspiring. It's so dope to watch. Yeah. Because he is another person that you can tell he's studying and paying attention to what's going on around him, uh, things that came before him and the way things will probably look after, and he's just elevating. It's like he's trying to one-up himself every time. And I think every artist should look at music like that. 
it's it's just dope to see his concept. He's, he comes out of his shell. He tries different things. He doesn't get um, scared to the where fans force him to go back to making music that he was making before. You know what I mean? If if you've outgrown it, you've outgrown it, and you already made that music so they can go back and listen to it. You don't need to continue to create the same kind of thing, trying to catch a wave that you had back in 2012. Um, his progression has been amazing, so that's the biggest one for okay. me. So those, I think that was like five or six albums, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, a lot of those were, um, you know, what I was going to mention. I know Gibeon had an album. Uh, the Migos dropped Culture 3. Her released Back of My Mind. Um Lil Baby released his album. I would say for me, the standout album was definitely Ariana Grande's Positions. Mm. Uh, I, I've grown to become a pretty big fan of hers just because I feel like she's just constantly at the top of her game. And um, just vocally, she is a voice of, you know, of this generation that yeah, is, totally. is standing out and uh, exceeding highly and a, again, a standout voice amongst many vocalists, and her songs are very well done. They, I don't really think that she's had a flop as far as like singles that she's put out, and even her album cuts are very, very strong uh, songs. So, instrumentation wise, writing wise, arrangement wise, the even even breaking it down to her backing vocals on a lot of her songs. Mm -hmm. And there was a cool video of her, you know, that was put out where she was kind of just showing her process of creating background vocals. Mm -hmm. Background vocals is an art in itself. And for you to just be that tedious and understand all the aspects of making a really good record, I got definitely got to make sure I mentioned that Ariana Grande's album positions was one of the top albums during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Dolipa had a lot of hits on her um, on her album as well. Expensive, a Excuse lot. Me. Expenses. Like, expenses. Um, it you know it wasn't one of those things. Oh, she had a nice. She had a, one good song. No, 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 she had multiple songs on that and project. She, she got the Grammys for it, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was a lot of good music that was released during the pandemic. You know who I left out? I don't think you just mentioned it. Doja Cat. Doja Cat. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. been going crazy. Yeah. Doja Cat's work ethic lately has been fire. I don't um, know if she released that much music. Yeah, I think she's given us what an album every year for the past like three, three, four years. Yeah, I can tell she's a she's a real artist. She's a real musician. Yeah, and you can tell she has a good team around her. And I'm I'm just I don't know what was going on before, like when she dropped that I'm a cow song and stuff like that, um, like kind of like trolling or whatever. But I just feel like maybe they needed some time to put some really strong records together, and then they decided to back her. If, if that's what happened, it was a TikTok moment. Yeah, but she, she, her music is so good. Like, just the rhythms and things that she puts together. And then she understands what kind of songs to make. She's one of those people who understands the structure of albums. And she knows, all right, we need we need a dance record here. We need ballads here. We need some trap drums here. She she, she kind of takes that same approach that they do with Ariana Grande's records. Is she Jason Derulo? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely no, it's in not. The, in the regards of, like, she understands no. what needs to what needs to happen and it no. works. Not saying that they're at the same like level, no. But like, it's still no. They un she understands what needs to happen and it works. Already, Jason Derulo doesn't deter far away from what he does. Which is why I'm not sure what you're asking me. Okay, I, in my opinion, in my opinion, when you were saying, I was like, oh yeah, Jason Derulo's another. He's another artist that does that well. I don't think so. Really? No, I think he he makes trendy records. Like I think, um, like Swala, 
That was, but that was, was a joke. Yeah, that that one. Okay, that one might be a joke. That, that was her. I'm a cow. Okay, he did that yeah. well into his career. Um, she's well into her career too. Yeah, yeah no, she's I, not just, a new I, I no, I don't, I don't think so at all. I think she's more versatile in the records that she has out for sure. Okay, and I think I don't think I've ever been to been through a Jason Derulo album and felt like okay, yeah, this is a complete body of work. You know what I'm saying? And like, no disrespect to Duke. But where I was like, okay, yeah, this kind of covered all the bases and it, and it felt like it took me somewhere. Okay. Her albums seem very expensive, very well put together, very well thought out. Okay. Um, and, and yeah, it just, it feels like, I think it's very similar to what they've, the, the approach they took with like Meg Thee Stallion's album. But because she's not like a singer, I don't think it translated as well. Like she has that one song made the in her I was like blah 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 blah. It's like a pop record. Yeah. They knew what they were doing, but because she's that's not her where she's from, like musically, yeah. it didn't translate as well. But Doja Cat can do things like uh say something even know it. Dun, yeah. dun, but then she can also give you giddy juicy juicy, right? So you got those different you know yeah. so that's like you know who used to do a lot of that? And I can't wait for them to come back. Rihanna. Rihanna was yeah. very good at, she'd do stuff like drop two singles at the same time, one that's a dance record and then yeah. another one that's like kind of like a hip hop trap song. Yeah. So she's feeding different areas of her audience at the same time and her albums would follow that structure with Shield Group. Uh, it's like a recital. It's like when you go to a, when you go to a classical recital and yeah. you have like three German songs and three Italian songs and then English art songs, she'll have dance records together and then she'll get into the more grimy like hip hop trap records and then she'll get into a group of ballads. She just knows how to structure those things and I think that's what they're doing with Doja Cat and they're doing a really good job at it at a really high clip. Right yeah. Now. Yeah. I yeah, I appreciate her music. I didn't necessarily know that she had as many hits as she did. So it's pretty cool to see. Um mm-hmm. I'm interested to see where she goes next. And, and she can dance in her and her stage presence is really good. I think I think she if it wasn't for the pandemic, she'd probably be even bigger than she is. Yeah. Yeah, I think she could be running it right now, if she isn't. I, th- I mean, actually, if what, you're gonna if you're gonna keep it a brick, what lane would she be running? Is she running everything? She's a pop artist. She be running pop. She's she's in that kind of like Rihanna lane right now, with just a little more rap. More, you know what? She's in the Nicki Minaj lane with more singing. Yeah, when you mentioned Meg That's the Stallion, when you mentioned Meg the Stallion and like comparing it to mm. uh, Doja Cat, I was like, okay, it sounds like Nicki. Um, yeah. I don't necessarily think that, and again, my opinion, I don't think either one of them have done it better than Nikki, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But I think that um, it definitely you can compare. Yeah. You know the approach as it's, far. It's as, definitely a blueprint. I think she took yeah. Nikki's blueprint and she's doing certain things a little better than Nikki did. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like uh, she, because she's a better singer and, and you can tell she can actually sing. I think they're doing a better job at formulating those R&B pop crossover yeah. records. It's easier to work with. Vocally, you know what I'm saying? It's easier to put those together. I think it would be, for me, I would think if I'm in the studio with her, all right, we can make anything right now because, yeah, because I know it. you can either sing it or you can write the raps that'll work for it. Yeah. Um, and, and, she's, and she's really attractive, right? And she you, might, a, you might be a fan, bro. Of those kind of man. You might be. I respect her work ethic. Nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Nothing wrong with it. Um, she got some jumps. Yeah, I, I, I know I keep saying it, but I didn't know. And that that I'm a cow song don't even need to surface ever again. If I was taking it down, but that I'm a cow song is probably making her some good money. I'm gonna be honest. That's when I found out who she was. I found out who she was and then I and then I ignored her after that until I saw her start to hit me with 
record after record after record after yeah. record. It sucks that you got, you know, sometimes the artists have to do some silly stuff in order to kind of be established. And you're like, okay, hey, here I am, I'm right here. I actually can create good music. Yeah. It that that would actually take me to another topic, but I, I think you, you did me good today. Yeah. Well, we'll save it for another day. But I have another topic about another artist who who uh who tried something, and it and it backfired uh drastically, profusely. I don't even know if that's the right word for it, but it backfired <laughs> and it wasn't it didn't go well at all. And I don't think the artist has actually recovered from it. So we, uh-huh. we should probably um, find out on the next episode of Whiskey Wednesdays wow. who we talking about. Yeah. And um. I want to know what we talk. Yeah, you know, it's in, okay. it's in the notes. Uh, it's in the bylaws. It's in the bylaws. Yeah. <laughs> so as long as it's in the bylaws. Yeah, it gotta be in the bylaws. My my glass is finished. Same, my glass. I wasn't I wasn't playing games today. Uh, this is, crazy. It's been a wild Wednesday, man. So you know, this is reflective of that. Mm-hmm. But hey, another successful whiskey Wednesday. Yeah, brother. We got a lot to talk about next week. Sure. Um, until then, man. Hey, whiskey Wednesdays. Hey, Brandon, pour me another one.